chief left hand um, or chief Naiwat, you can call him either one, um, he he had worked very, very hard to try to maintain peace between his people and the other native peoples on the plains and all of the newcomers that came out here in 1858 with the gold rush, all the gold rushers. Uh, think about it. There were probably maybe six or 7,000 Arapahoes and Cheyennes here. Six or 7,000. There were 150,000 white men. And they were men, the first gold rush people. They weren't women. Women came later. Men who came here to the plains. They inundated the plains. They slaughtered the buffalo. They dispersed the buffalo. And, of course, the uh, Arapahoes and the Cheyennes, they, they lived on the buffalo. That was their, their livelihood. And so all these people coming, taking over these lands, which legally belonged to the Cheyennes and Arapahoes under a treaty, the first treaty that the government had signed with the plains, with any Indian tribe, had been signed in 1851. And in that treaty, it's called the Treaty of Fort Laramie. And in that treaty, the government acknowledged that this land, the plains of Colorado, actually from the continental divide in the mountains out to a point in mid, midway in Kansas, and from the Platte River to the Arkansas River, this land, it's a very, very vast land, belonged to the Cheyennes and Arapahoes. So legally, under the treaty, this was their land. And here were all these newcomers coming, just, just flooding the land, changing everything, changing their way of life, changing everything. And here's left hand the one man who can speak English. And he is dealing with all this. So he, he worked very, very hard to uh, try to figure out some way to, to come to some kind of a peace agreement between all these newcomers where his people and the Cheyenne people would be safe, where they could, a place where they could live and wouldn't be bothered by all of these, you know, the onrush of all these people and all the soldiers who were coming, of course, out here to protect, you know, the white people who were coming. So... And at the same time, he worked very, very hard to try to keep his own young warriors in check because they see the, the devastation that's happening around them. And they're going out and raiding the white settlements and raiding the wagon trains. And so here's Left Hand trying to keep peace and other peace chiefs. Um, Black Kettle and White Antelope of the Cheyennes were also working very hard, and Little Raven of the Arapahoes, but none of them spoke English. So Left Hand was the one who was meeting with the white authorities and was meeting with Governor John Evans, the territorial governor at the time, with John Shivington, who was in charge of the military district out here. And so he was trying to work out some kind of a peace agreement with these authorities. And he worked very, he spent, he spent several years doing that. And he, eventually he gave his life for that. Uh, he was killed at Sand Creek. The Sand Creek Massacre occurred on November 29th, um, 1864, which is, we're just coming up with the 150th anniversary now. And uh, so it's a time to to think about what happened, I think, and to memorialize it and to honor the people who died there. The, the Cheyennes and the Arapahoes who went to Sand Creek went there on the instructions of Governor Evans and Shivington and the other white authorities. And they were told to go there put themselves under the protection of the military. Uh, the military closest military fort was Fort Lyons, about 40 miles away, and wait until they worked out a peace agreement. And that's what they had done. And uh, at dawn on November 29th, Colonel Shivington um, surrounded the camp and attacked this, the sleeping camp. And there were about 600 people in the camp, but most of them were were women and children and old men because the warriors had gone out. They were out hunting, trying to get food to feed this camp. And Shivington had about uh, 600 or so uh, men under him. 
and they just surrounded that camp, and they just slaughtered the people. There were about 200 people killed, mostly women and children. And Chief Left Hand was one of those. Chief Left Hand was. He was mortally wounded there, and he... there, there. Some of the uh, witnesses who were there and wrote about it later said that he came out of his teepee with his hands up, with palms out in the Plains Indian sign of peace. And so did the other peace chiefs. Black Kettle was there and White Antelope was there. And they did the same thing. They came out waving their white flags, you know. Uh, we're a peaceful camp here. We're, we're waiting to make peace with the white people, the white authorities here. And that's what Chief Left Hand did, and he was shot down. He then made it with some of the other survivors over to a large Sioux camp. Um, and it was a very, very, it's just a, it's a heart-wrenching story to read about these people who were freezing cold. It was freezing cold. They had been sleeping. So many of them ran out of their teepees. They weren't even dressed. You know, they had on just light, light clothing. And, um, and, and they're shot. They're wounded. And they're trying to make their way across the plains to get to this Sioux camp. They actually got to a place on the plains uh, north of the Sand Creek site itself, and some people had gotten away from the massacre. There were some people who were able to get out uh, to the ponies and got got on horseback and rode off to warn um, the other tribes around what was going on. And some of them rode to this large Sioux camp, and, and the people in the Sioux camp immediately... Uh, got their extra horses and and they uh, packed them with food and clothing and all and they went in search of the survivors on the plains and they found left hand and they found some of the other survivors and they brought them into the Sioux camp and that's where he died he died at that camp so he probably died two or three days after the massacre what did his death mean for not just the Native Americans but also for the entire state of Colorado I think is two different things. For one thing, at the time that it happened, um, Black Kettle also survived, and he got to that camp. And uh, White Antelope did not. White Antelope was killed, and his body was found at the site. But immediately, those chiefs were vilified by the rest of the tribe because they said, look what you have done. They called them the talking chiefs. You have trusted these white people, and look what's happened. And now our children are dead, our, our, our women are dead, our old men are dead. So, so it, was, it was very tough. It was very tough on Black Kettle because he was the only peace chief who, who had survived it. So I think that's one thing that it meant. But as time has gone by, of course, it has, it, that whole view of these peace chiefs has changed. I mean, we've been able to see, well, wait a minute, what the, were they really trying to do? They were the ones who were trying to make peace, and they were willing to die for that, and they did die for that. So uh, I think that it, it, just, it just took some time because the whole shock of Sand Creek to the Native people, to the Arapahoes and Cheyennes and the Sioux, I mean, the whole, all the Plains tribes were just so stunned by Sand Creek. And, of course, it led to a war. It led to the longest war that we've ever been in in the United States, and it's the Plains Indian War. And it lasted from 1865, which was right after Sand Creek, where the tribes, you know, came together and um, 
began atta- really seriously attacking the wagon trains, attacking the settlements, trying to drive the white people out of here. And it went on until 1890, the Battle of Wounded Knee, or the massacre at Wounded Knee. It included the little Battle of the Little Bighorn with Custer in 1876. I mean, it was an ongoing struggle where basically the federal government was trying to take over the plains and, and, and clear out one way or the other, clear them out one way, the Indian people, clear them out one way or the other, either by putting them on, on reservations, which is what they, which what was their goal, what they tried to do, or by killing them. But they had to get them off the plains so that they could develop this area. For Evans, Governor Evans, his, his motivation was he was a railroad builder. He came here to Colorado to build railroads. He had built railroads in Illinois where he lived. He saw Colorado as a, as a place to, uh, as he said himself, to accumulate a vast fortune. And he went on to do that. But in order to build railroads across Colorado, which he did do, he had to get rid of the Indians. He had to get them off the land. And that was what motivated him. What do you think is the legacy of the Sun Creek Massacre? The legacy of Sun Creek? Um, I think that it's, I, I would hope it's a positive legacy to make us look at our history, to be honest in, in looking at the past. Of course, we're not responsible for it. We weren't alive then. But um, but in many ways, white people have benefited from the yes, atrocities that were inflicted yes, on Native Americans. Yes, that's right. That's right, because they did take over the land. But I think we have to uh, assess it honestly, and we have to look at at what happened and to to be aware today of of you know of just being respectful of different people because that that's really what happened back then it was just this um just this belief first of all they they truly believed and evans actually articulated this that the indians did not have souls so they weren't quite human beings and any time that you can dehumanize someone who's different from you, then it's okay to kill them. It's okay to do anything because actually they're not human beings. I think we have to really watch that in ourselves all the time. And I think we have to be open and, uh, you know, respectful of other people who are coming here now, you know, who are, who are coming into our lands now, into our area, who are different from us, and be respectful of them as, as human beings and try to figure out ways in which we can all live together. That's the ongoing <laughs> challenge, you know, is to figure out ways in which um, we, we can all live together. And actually, I think overall the United States has done a really good job of, with that because we're, we're a country of people from everywhere, all over the world. So it's always been our challenge in this country to figure out how we can all live together. And I think that that's an ongoing challenge. And Sand Creek really makes us sit up and think about it. Margaret Cole is the author of the biography of Chief Left Hand and she will be speaking about that and as part of the ongoing Sand Creek Massacre commemorations it is the 150th anniversary it's this Thursday evening at the Boulder Public Library Thursday evening at 7 o'clock downtown Boulder Public Library yeah